What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast for remakes, reboots, sequels, adaptations, why we keep telling the same stories over and over again, and why it may be still relevant. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are talking about Dungeons and Dragons this week, the fourth, really, film adaptation yeah. of the tabletop RPG that's been around for, it feels like, well, my entire life, quite literally, mm -hmm. uh, that has spawned countless inspirations for video games, movies, television, storytelling in general, entire YouTube channels dedicated to just its very nature. Uh, very insane and impressive and shocking that we have not had a good adaptation until now. <laughs> but let's get into the uh, challenges of doing just that. But before we do, what did you think of the movie, Terrence? Uh, so I, I think it's important to say, while I am a nerd and I have a lot of pockets of geek culture from from gaming to Ghostbusters to wrestling, like I'm into all tabletop Dungeons and Dragons escaped me. Never had an interest. I, I I'm curious. I know it's a huge world, and I've I've been to gaming stores where I'm like, oh, they're playing, a, they're getting a whole con team going. It's 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 a thing. I just have never gone down that rabbit hole. Um, so I had no entry point into this, and I had seen the previous. 2003 2000 version with marlon wayans and all of them which was god awful i had not seen the spinoff like the sequels that were made for tv so i went in and this was like ah all right well we'll see because the trailers did no for me didn't do any justice i was like ah this looks cheap this looks like a van helsing sort of mid-2000s rip I, I don't want any parts of this um and then i saw uh, the little clips of a piece that they showed with it showed the comedy beats of the movie and then i was like wait a minute this might be for me and i was correct this was a blast i have not had i've seen it twice already um within four days i've seen it twice um i haven't had fun like this i keep saying and i think these are two kind of it's a huge bar but pirates the original pirates of the caribbean or like the jumanji where it's a huge adventure where you're kind of just like i did not expect it it just hit me in the face um, I think it's fun for anybody who does not have any entryway into this, but it's probably just glorious for those who do. Like uh, I went once by myself and I was like, this is a this is a damn good time. And then I went a second with you and our friends, two of who are huge tabletop Dungeons and Dragons fans. And I kept looking over at them like, oh, I think that means something. I think that means something. And they're kind of like laughing and saying, oh, I know how that feels being in the Marvel world and all that stuff. Like, yep, I know that. I know that. So it, it was a cool way to, they didn't dumb it down, but they also kind of was like, we're not going to explain everything to you. We're just going to put it out there and just make it a good, um, a good film. I think John Francis Daly, who is writing his comedy writing is phenomenal. Um, has put it, made it into a digestible form that I think all audiences will enjoy. And uh, I had a blast. Like I have not had this much fun in quite some time. Adventure films like this don't get made often. No. And when they do, I feel we've talked about them quite often on the show with the uh, the Jungle Cruises and the Jumanjis and I mean, the Pirates sequels, mm -hmm. the first one notwithstanding. But you're right. We don't do it a lot. And usually when we do, I find things in it that I miss in older ones, whether it's more mature, darker themes or like Gore Verbinski's horror beats in the first pirates where you really do get creepy imagery. That's I guess fine for kids, but it kind of brings you in too. And that's what I was most impressed about with this movie. Cause I was with you. Those first trailers were so 
over stylized and using yeah. weird rock and roll beats <laughs> and really gave this I don't even know what the word is over the top vibe to it that mm-hmm. isn't really there but yeah John Francis Daly comes out swinging and right away you do sort of get those horror beats that I felt like I missed you have a lot with the red witch where she's screaming or transforming or talking to that creepy guy in the background all of the characters had a lot more care than I was expecting. I really wasn't yeah. prepared for everyone on their team to have An a full arc. backstory, a full character arc, and everyone gets a moment, whether it's a fun action scene or a good comedy beat or a great one-on-one scene with whatever dialogue and getting mm-hmm. into their lives with the the sorcerer character and his grandfather having all of their back and forth. And, you know, I'm a sucker for a good heist movie. And that's what this kind of secretly is. You get, we have to put together the team. We have to go assemble everyone. Oh, and now we have to go get the thing. And now the thing doesn't work. So we need a new plan. I'm a how sucker I, for it. How I pitched this. Cause I saw this once and my wife had no interest to it. Um, and so I was like, all right, look, this is pirates of the Caribbean meets oceans 11. And she was like, all right, I want that. (laughs) I was like, cool. Yeah, I think that's very accurate. And the one thing, because I think Pirates is really the gold standard past Indiana Jones for these type of movies. That's really the bar that I hold, which is a very high bar bar. to hold it to. (laughs) Uh, But I often say that that first Pirates is a, a masterclass in script structure and introducing your character in a way that shows you everything about them. We see Johnny Depp come in and he like takes off his hat for the hanged pirates lands. And it turns out his boat is sinking, Mm -hmm. but then he like talks the guy into it and then takes his coins. And you know, so much about him in that moment. It's very similar to men in black with Will Smith's training. He's the only one who moves the the table. He shoots the, person the only one that he thinks is a threat is the girl and not the aliens and he's able to justify all of it he's able to you sort of see who he is in those moments and this movie does that very well Mm -hmm. too and at first i didn't think it was going to because we open with this just long monologue of oh and here's who i was and this backstory is important and it's it is a setup for a joke and a it's, bit. It's a bit, but it also is putting in the heart, like it's it's doing multiple things at once, which is pretty impressive because it's laying out the groundwork of who this person is, but it's also putting the the backstory of why he is in this predicament. And then it's like, oh yeah, a funny beat too, uh, which is, that's an impressive way. And like you said, with Pirates and Men in Black, it shows you who, actually two characters, it shows you who both Hogard and uh, uh, Chris Pine's character are. Yeah, and they do that consistently through the movie. When we meet the villain, we learn a lot about him real quick, whether Mm -hmm. it's like through quick dialogue or really subtle directing moments where they have these small back and forths of motivation that don't quite click until you do see the movie again. Like, oh, that's why he's given her that look because he knows the end plan. Oh, this is Mm -hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then the movie just builds and builds from there. When you meet the sorcerer, he's also, oh, he's doing the bad magic, but it's a distraction. But also when he focuses, it shoots him off. And you see why we put all these people on the team. And it yeah. does a great job with what, one, makes Dungeons & Dragons Dungeons & Dragons, and B, what makes a heist movie work, 
which is character archetypes Mm -hmm. it is that weird thing that the breakfast club does so elegantly of and we have the basket case and the cool kid and this and the movie is just we need a bard we need a sorcerer we need a person who transform a druid we need and you learn everything you need which is crazy because they throw so much other nonsense at you that you'd think you would get bogged down, but there's really only two exposition dumps in the beginning and in the middle. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it either like plays for comedy or is just sort of like roll with it. The IntelliBeasts walking by, they're attracted to intelligence. Yeah. Great. Just I right. don't need to know anything else anything about else. those, but I, I want to know everything. Right. I know they exist in that world. I know the tabletop folks from Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I know what that is. We now know what it is. And I'm like, I, can we see them again? Are they coming back? <laughs> and yeah, a lot of very impressive, like one shots when we're watching the Druid transform to all the animals and mm-hmm. go. And I get it. You can argue it's a one shot, but it's all CGI. So is it really one take? But I go back it's to Revenge of the Sith good. and I'm like, that whole opening is still awesome, even yeah. though, yeah, it's all created. It still looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And they put the money behind it. It never looks cheap. There's a good mix of practical no. and CGI. It really gave me everything that I've been missing in this genre and sort of in movies in general, where I it's like, oh, we really got into this and we, we really know why these people are friends and we care about his mm-hmm. daughter and we want them to win and everything has a roadblock that they get by. It felt like they were able to fail where I feel like so many movies recently, they're just constantly winning. And this and John wick four, I was like, great. We're seeing our heroes struggle a little bit. Right. They're not just kicking ass the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's very necessary when you're doing a movie like this, especially a movie adapted off of a game that relies on roles you're gonna have some bad roles Mm -hmm. and they never really addressed that there is no dungeon master who wrote the story i guess you could argue chris pine makes the plan but he's right that's not what he's doing who he is right yeah um and they never do anything like cheesy, like, oh, and here's this dice. And when you need it, you'll roll it. No. I was waiting for some dumb, stupid, like 90s literal adaptation of it. Oh, where we're it's like, like somebody's playing a tabletop game and this is what this. Yeah. No, yeah. I was. I was yeah. I was waiting for some like, oh, you know, when you really need it, you're going to roll that 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you get that sense of like he puts on the helmet all the time and fails and fails and fails mm-hmm. and fails. And it is a constant like roll and re-roll and keep trying it. And yeah. I think that is what sort of made this movie, especially compared to the other trilogy, work so well. Because it's what we talk about a lot. They treated everything with care. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things in there like mimics the owl bear, the Jonathan bird. There's just a lot of pieces that show you that they cared, but also understood some of the humor in it. It's clear that this was done by people who have played this game and have a, a huge affinity for it. And I think sometimes the best people, if you care about something or you, you can also take the piss out of it. You can have fun with, it, you can joke with it, but still show that you actually, this still means something to you. And I think sometimes, especially with those earlier ones, you probably got people writing like, oh, I got the IP of Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. I'll write a script and have never played a tabletop game in their life. Yeah, I feel like those first three were very much that we had a fantasy idea. I think it was 
2002. So like Lord of the Rings had either come out or was about to come out. And it really just felt like we own this property. Let's dust off a script, slap the title on it and go. I work for them. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it looked cheap. Marlon Wayans character was not okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it just sucked. It was like, it was so serious. Everyone thought that like, well, this is what they want. It was like, well, it's a game and you should have fun. The movie should be fun. And it is a group of friends. So we have to care about this group of friends. And it's challenging to adapt that. It's what we see with video games a lot. Like Mm -hmm. uh, The Last of Us is a good example, I think, of a great video game adaptation but still was missing the beats where Ellie and Joel are just walking around and shooting the zombies and just, throwing bottles. Yeah. And because the like, yeah, like what, what I don't need to see him like craft. That was always yeah. the joke. I saw a lot on Twitter. Like, Oh, he's got to make that knife. He hasn't taken enough pills yeah. to get his medicine back up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, no, yeah. And you get a lot of great character moments between them, but you kind of now have to put those somewhere else in it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're sort of starting to see that connection where people are getting, well, why was the game fun and why does the story work and how do we put that here instead of just making it and putting it on there? Right. Like the Resident Evil movies. Yes. Yes. And a little bit of the Uncharted one falls into that category too. Yeah. And it's interesting when you really do see like this probably wasn't that easy to do because one Dungeons and Dragons is a, a limitless world. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's making the story for you, like an original chat GPT script, and then you're playing through and rolling dice. So I I understand why if you were given it, you would just be like fantasy knockoff. Here we go. But I think what you have to lean into are the concepts of bad roles and weird and funny things happening that are unexpected. And we get that between the bridge collapsing and now we got to figure something else out. And, Oh, we have this great magic spell, but my foot is stuck. And now he's melting in one of the best comedic (laughs) moments. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez getting the ax and the oil and the stone and when she's blocking it and then does her big action moments and everything felt like this could have gone one of five ways. Mm -hmm. And we Yindar playing it like Renee playing him so straight and and taking everything very literal. We've seen that done before, but it's done. It's he's done, he handles it so well because like, oh, this is the kind of a play on Drax, but it, it's not because he's not dumb. I guess he doesn't get as dumb as Drax is. He's still super suave and the coolest person in the room. But when she says son of a bitch, she's like, oh my god, his mother. Was, I was like, this is. I get this. This is my type of comedy. I get this. Yeah, and they kind of play with him more. Where usually mm-hmm. when we do that character like a character, another character will like make a comment to someone where they were all very direct with him of Villa. Like you're not very fun. Are you like Bradley Cooper's cameo was another, like a great comedic moment that also was like very earnest and serious and gave you a lot of information. It's so funny because the audience obviously starts laughing at it because one, it's a character, it's an actor that we know and it's in the size difference but then once you actually sit back and just accept the scene and like look at it you're like oh this is a this is doing a lot of heart heavy lifting right now about Hogarth like we give her a time to like this is your moment this is your character piece and it's great it's great yeah I think everyone I also think I really love I mean it's it's simple but I and I and I saw it coming but I didn't care because it still paid off so well the whole bridge of uh Edrin's 
arc about having to give up his give up his wife. He was originally doing it because he wanted the, the daughter's mom, but he was really doing it himself because he wanted his wife because that daughter only knows Hogarth as his mom. And I was like, oh, I see where this is going. But you guys nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, pretty much any like predictive part of the movie was just executed so well. Right. And that whole third act where we've got the plan, we've got the helmet, we're both spoilers. All the teams are now in the safe. Nothing's mm-hmm. there. They're in right. two different places. I I'm a I love it. I'm such a sucker <laughs> for that nonsense where I was like, oh, the rug was pulled out from under us for another time. Yeah. Now we're in this maze. Now sh- now the the druid's gonna figure it all out. And mm-hmm. oh, we got to get into this cube and go under and then hustle through and get everything and spill the gold out. We had a little mini portal movie in it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that yeah. was my I was like, see you guys, we can make the portal movie next. We got it. <laughs> we had it's right here now. Uh, it's uh, loved all of the gold spilling. One thing that I love too, and it doesn't happen enough, the final bat- battle worked for me so well because usually it gets super overly cheesy and I, and I thought it was going that way, but then you actually get to see them all sort of use their power set versus the, the rip. I was like, ah, I, I, uh, this is amazing. Why I also, you, some comic book movies don't even do it as well as, as what they just did there. I also liked that because you sort of saw the rules of the magic. That like, oh, this requires focus. Mm-hmm. And so she puts them in the glass bubble and they start rolling away. And then she brings up the hand. And our friend next to me who plays D&D was like, I don't know, Blake, those are two focus spells. And then the bubble stopped working. And he was like, oh, great. They thought of everything. <laughs> like she can't do this. Not... Right. And normally when you get like a witch and a wizard or sorcerer battles, it really becomes just point i'm gonna throw my purple laser at your green laser (laughs) it's it's our one division finale hadoken you (laughs) right and this really was a good we're gonna put them in the glass you're gonna watch these two cgi hands fight Mm -hmm. now the owl bear is back she's teleporting and it was a great use of of seeing all of it yeah i was like there was a lot of ways to make this either almost like a screwball comedy ending where you've had the slip of paper the whole time. You don't even need to do this, Mm -hmm. but it was a, yeah, we could have just easily turned her off, but instead we do this whole sleight of hand. Oh, she's invisible. We've got the brace on. Now we can do this. We all have to stand still in the time stop again. Awesome. Moment to moment. Awesome. Some of the hardest I had laughed at a movie all year. Some of the best action. I am ready to watch this franchise every two years. Yeah, like you can crank, like, you can do this with what they did with Pirates. You can crank this out for me for another couple, at least another five to eight years. I'll, I'll take one every two years. Yeah, it was. It's uh, they figured and it, it doesn't out. Have to be the same cast. Like it, you, you can play in this world where you can keep bringing different versions of this in. Yeah, or bring in some of them, and right. you, you can just really start playing with it. And then when you do get into the lore, it is that it just becomes, well, we could go thousands of years ahead of this and thousands yeah. of years before, and now you have the sandbox. Mm-hmm. And but as soon as you crack it open, like any of the other – like it, I go all the way back to like the X-Men movies. So, well, we figured out the comic book movie, and now we can just crank them out. Right. It's like, oh, we figure we're figuring out the video game adaptation. Like, great, now we can just get mm-hmm. those on the wheel. Like, just let's go do it till I'm tired of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a lot of like timeless 
themes that all had a funny twist on it. It was so much less like believe in yourself and more like, oh, look, man, every time you're about to die, you pull it off. You're here because I know right. that eventually you're going to do it. I don't when need we, you to become better all right, the time. When, when we put you under tension, you always come through. You don't see it. I see it all the time. <laughs> That's I love that. It's like, oh, my God, I guess I was in my own way. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, I love it. So yeah. good. I'm ready to watch these directors do whatever. I'm ready I to watch this franchise flourish. I hope it does yeah. well. Like we're not recording on our usual Sundays. So the numbers aren't fully in. I think it was like 15 million yesterday. And like it's seven, it's Thursday. To, if things hold, it's tracking to do 40. But it could still, the multiplier could go up still because it is playing well it's got an a minus cinema score like people are walking out like i did not know i would like that as much as i did and so the word of mouth which is why they were smart they did a lot of they did a lot of pre-screenings for this they did like a couple last wednesday a couple saturday like they were ahead of this because they knew that this was a big thing but they've already pushed just because of the way that films go they've already pushed wick out of the dobies and imax so they're earning a little bit more money on a, on a typical dollar than they would be so it could, could shock some folks and i think it's going to have legs too um because unlike Wick, families can't see that. Families can see Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting because so many people talk about how Marvel's drop off is getting worse in its second weekend, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious if that's a Marvel thing, or, or if it's a like theater goers have changed post COVID, and we're just not who all the people who are double dipping don't double dip anymore. It's either front loaded, they all go, and then they'll just like, cool, I'll see it again when it comes to streaming. Or the other yeah. one who didn't go is like, I'll just wait till it comes to streaming. Yeah. So that's what I'm very curious to see. If John Wick's going to have its uh, some big drop, and this is going to skyrocket, and then this will have some big drop, and, and then, then Mario. Mario. Right. That'll also be very interesting because like, and then April's dead after Mario. Mm -hmm. Well, not dead, but died. Like, it's not, you it's, know, it's air more smaller and a few, film. yeah. Yeah. So it's like it'll it'll be interesting if that ends up being like a Gremlins type movie and just mm -hmm. doesn't go away, just doesn't right. leave the theater. But I mean, I loved it so much. I thought yeah. it was great. Um, it's a film that I keep telling people about. They're like, I don't. When you see Dungeons and Dragons, like they'll talk to me about Wick. They're like, Hey, Wick's good. Like, you know, Wick is good. But Dungeons and Dragons, you should you should see that as well. They're like, Wait, really? Like, well, that you know, that fourth John Wick is so good. But it is the fourth John Wick, and we've right. seen the those those movies, and we know what we're getting. And don't right. get me wrong, it's incredible, and the yeah. ending is so good, and the action's amazing, and I loved it so much. Uh, this is so surprising because the mm -hmm. trailers weren't great, right? And it looked like it was going to be just some big stupid CGI slugfest, mm -hmm. and there is so much heart and so much comedy and some really cool directing shots when we play with that portal and the beast changing and everything else there's some stuff in there the, that you haven't seen the portal camera flip is still I, I was like these that is amazing that is well done that whole sequence of it is great oh i know what we're gonna do we're gonna put the portal in the safe by going under the wagon and putting a painting in that was my just like i love it Bravo. This is some of the best. <laughs> yeah. We have failed. We're all going to sit here. The idea came to us. Let's do it. And that yeah. whole scene, I was just like, it's ooh, right. yeah. I just want to go home and I want to play Portal and Breath of the Wild so <laughs> bad. Like, that's, yeah. that's how that made me feel. I was like, ooh, Tears of the Kingdom's coming out. I can slap mm -hmm. Portal on. I want to go play with some Portals. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
awesome. Yeah. Uh, that is our show, everyone. Go see Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It's a great time. If you have, I think we did a very good job not spoiling everything and just yeah. listing those scenes for you. So right. go I, enjoy I, it. I don't normally I would go over some of the comedy beats, but I don't want to. I want you to just like let this wash over you because it's it's funny. Yeah, and, it's just it's it's too good to just sit here and yeah. do it worse than they are. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so leave us a review. Leave a comment on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake, and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and we will see everybody next week for Super Mario Brothers. Yes.